welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences, as well as stories from other Australians and a few international guests of learning, working with and using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck. And we are here for another episode of Language Chats um, today with a special guest. Um, welcome, Yaron. Yinna galabu kibia bambu. Ninya yindia mara radrigu. Nora bangu marangarang nindigi ninyanini. Yurdumarang. Yundi yarnelis. Namodi grace yayi. Tirmo nali radri main. Nurumanga yara. Bandubu yandubu yangubi. Mangalang. Nurumangu. Nali indimara. Nurumangu. Mangalang. Niani gingu. Mandangu. I'm Aaron Ellis, and that was my daughter Grace speaking. We're proud Wiradjuri people speaking on country. This always was and always will be Aboriginal country. We acknowledge the traditional owners of all country on which we're meeting and extend our respect to elders past and present. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I guess to give you some background about myself, um, I'm a Wiradjuri man. Uh, I was born in Albury, uh, but currently teaching Wiradjuri language program in Young. Uh, it was a bit of a roundabout journey to get here. Uh, I started teaching as a visual arts teacher in Griffith and then actually went up to Weewar on Gamilawari country for a bit. And that's where my language journey actually began. Um, that's where I first started learning and teaching language. So I wasn't actually teaching Wiradjuri to begin with. I was teaching Gomorrah. Um One of the protocols you'd find generally is that you, you teach and you learn the language of the country that you're on. Um, so that's I started on a neighbouring language and, and then made my way sort of back home, a bit of a homecoming onto Wiradjuri country. So for, for everyone who's listening, where where is Wiradjuri mostly spoken or whereabouts in Australia could we find Wiradjuri speakers? Um, you'll find Wiradjuri people are almost um, everywhere. That's, I guess, kind of Aboriginal, you know, contact history is that bit of displacement. Um, a lot of people not on Wiradjuri country have ties to Wiradjuri country, um, but Wiradjuri country itself is central southern New South Wales, um, the l- largest in New South Wales. Um, but yeah, really, you'll find language speakers or people learning language or people trying to, to find that bit of culture and that bit of language um, spread across. And that's, um, you know, helps us identify, you know, with that bit of culture, that bit of language um, is, is part of everyone's journey. How many people would you say, or do you know if there is an estimate of how many people would speak um, Wiradjuri today? So in the 2016 census, there was uh, 436 people that um, you know, answered that they, they spoke Wiradjuri, um, including 126 children. So that's under the ages of 14. That's up from what was recorded as being 30 speakers in 2005. So we're, we're a revival language, so we're experiencing growth. Uh, and I'd anticipate that number would continue to have grown. Um, but, you know, just being the census, it's not, there's no assessment of how fluent or how much language those people speak. Um, that's something within yourself. But, you know, coming from a place of humility and being humble about language, I'd be surprised if 1% of those people thought they were fluent in speaking Wiradjuri because even myself as a teacher, other people that know more than me, um, we always say we're just learning and, you know, we teach but we're still learning. So um, that's 
that's part of that connection to language and that connection to culture is that uh, we don't we don't know it all um, and we we're humble and we we take correction and, and we help build each other up that must be a really nice i guess supportive environment for other learners as well if if people around you see that you know you as a teacher you know you consider yourself still learning as well it must be you know great inspiration and and kind of role modeling modeling for the students that you that you guide as well do you find that yeah i hope that's how it works we you know we have students look in the dictionary they want to know a word and you you guide them towards the dictionary and they might find that there's three or four words for that one concept and when they started to put the dictionary together and started to rebuild language they spoke to everyone they could speak to and recorded every bit of language even if there was differences and that's you know respecting where that language is coming from and who's sharing that knowledge but then also acknowledging that we've come from a pretty big land area and there's going to be differences across that so to get the students to understand that what we've got recorded there's no wrong answers in terms of what's the language that we have and we're, we're grateful for what we do have and you know once again such a big area we have different people working in different aspects of language yep. so we share and we, we want to build each other up and you know that's because we all want the same thing we all want our language to be spoken you know more the um the language renewal story for rudgery is actually would you consider that it's been one of the the success stories of aboriginal language renewal in australia because it seems to have got i don't know whether it's it's the numbers of speakers now that um have access to resources or are finding themselves getting in touch with the language of their country do you think there's a particular reason why Wiradjuri language has found that success, if you could call it success? Yeah, I guess, you know, we have to acknowledge that every language has a different has a different story, mm. whether it's how many words they're starting with or if they've still got people still speaking in the community. or And I think the fact that we've had, you know, post well, not post, but we've had colonial contact later, is that we've got some more words recorded. We've got a big language area, so there's a bigger, there's more people on the ground in terms of people working in the language space. Um, you know, we do have TAFE certificates available. We have graduate certificate at Charles Sturt University, and we've got schools, you know, my school in Young, but also schools in Parks, Wagga, Forbes, teaching to, to students as well. Um, it's it's good what we're doing is good um but uh, there's, there's there's always more we always we want to keep going we want to keep that impetus up um i say to my students you know they're that that pointy end of language revival um they've got to they've got to keep going as well um for us to to work we want you know we want to reach that first language status we don't want to be revival anymore we want our languages spoken all the way through by all our people so there's our there's our end goal, um, but I've also worked with people across other languages as well. Some people with more, some people with less. Share ideas because we all, we all we're all in it together. We're not against each other, so we all want we all want the same thing. We all want our languages to be valued. We all want our languages to be spoken. So we try and help each other out as best we can. How does um, 
So we heard the lovely voice of your of your daughter earlier on at the beginning of this episode. Um, how important is it for you sharing the language within your family? Um, and how, you know, how, how do you see that sort of progressing into the future? You know, you've just mentioned, you know, you really want it to be more than just a revival language. This is a, you know, something that really carries forward. Um, and, you know, for you, does that start at home? I got into teaching language for really selfish reasons. I just wanted to be able to teach my kids. Like that was when I first found out that you could learn Wiradjuri, I was only been teaching for a few years. I started off as an art teacher and I, f- I found out you could learn Wiradjuri language and I was like, wow, I'd love to do that. You know, I'd love to be able to just teach my kids language so they have that connection to their culture. And later down the track, I got the opportunity that in Weewall, they want a Gamilaroi language in school. And I said, yep, oh, I want to be a part of that. I want to help make that happen. So that opportunity to start teaching language up there um, then just kicked into everything else for me. But that starting point was I want to just teach my kids. And now I get to teach, you know, beyond that. I get, you know, I've got my school, I've got my classroom, I've got, got my community, and then I've got the little bits and pieces that I get to dabble in, you know, thanks to social media. So it's... From just a really selfish starting point, um, it's turned into something that's just given me so many opportunities. How do your kids um, feel about that too? Like, you know, do do you think that it does give them a better connection to to their culture and, um, you know, do they enjoy it? I, th- I think they take pride in the, the fact that they can speak some language. I always think, oh, I could have done more. Like, they should be. They should know more. They, you know, they could have been in, this, in an even better spot than where they are now. But, you know, they've got that connection. They know t- who they are. In regards, they have that connection to the, to the Aboriginal culture, and, you know, they've done some stuff just with their Nadoc Weakness School in the past week, and they're just they're, they're telling me the Wiradjuri stuff they've learned, and they're just checking with me to make sure it's right, and they got taught the right thing. So, and, you know, that's nice, but. You know, my daughter's homework was to learn two words in an Aboriginal language. I said, come on then. And she she got up to about 20 and she was like, oh, okay, I actually do know some. some. So, that's, you know, they, I always, I've got, to, I've got to replace myself as a teacher in the next 20 years. Um, if that has to be my daughter or my son, um, I guess that's the way it'll be. But we need a few more boots on the ground too. So. Um, talking about boots on the ground, What's your feeling about um, language in schools in, in terms of, I guess, not just in your region but across the country as well? Um, you know, you said there's, there's, there's a long way to go with kids having an understanding of the languages where, that have been spoken on the country that they live. Would, is your ideal potentially something a lot more broad and wider reaching where all kids kind of have access to language in their region through school? Is that something that you think would, would ever happen or was it something that you would love to see? In New South Wales, I'm not sure how it is in other states, we have 100 hours of mandatory language learning, which they do in like year seven or year eight. Um, and a lot of these kids, I think you're getting too late. I'm definitely a strong advocate for languages in primary schools. My kids live in Griffith, um, and that's an Italian community, and they learn Italian at school. And 
learning Italian just helps grow, helps their skills in, in Wiradjuri. Like they, just knowing a language other than English is going to help. It's like, I get my year seven students and they come in and most of them only speak English. So they might have interest in other languages and, you know, speak through that process that learning a second language will then help to third and, you know, fourth and beyond. Um, but sometimes once you get to that, you know, 12, 13, 14, it's sometimes it's a bit too late in terms of where they are. But, you know, my language journey itself only started with Gamilaroi like 10 years, 10 years ago. So, you know, I could, you can learn late, but, um, yeah, I, I want kids to learn a language, any language really, whether it's Aboriginal language of the country they're on or, or something else. I think we just need to move away from that mindset of just knowing English is enough. Yeah, I think we both couldn't agree with you more on that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm speak I'm speaking to you know my people here. <laughs> the converts. Yep. I know. I know. The choir the choir is here to cheer it on. <laughs> yeah. Um so you mentioned just a little bit um earlier that you have been using social media. Um, as well, dabbling a little bit in social media to share some of your your language as well. Um, now that's how we found out about you, actually. Um, so <laughs> I think I think both of us, Penny, Penny and I, are following your account Wiradjuri on Instagram. And could yep. could you tell us a little bit more about that? Why you started it? Um, you know, and, and what you hope to do through through that platform? Yeah. Um- I started out, I was just sharing on my, my personal uh, Instagram because I just needed to push myself a bit more with my language learning. I was teaching the same content to, you know, to the same age group for a couple of years in a row and I thought I actually need to push myself a bit further and try and learn some other structures. And I thought yeah, some other people might be interested in this as well. Um, and you know, my first thing I posted about was a couple of years ago when people were interested in the guardian bird of the year and everyone was really advocating for which bird they thought should win. So I, I shared just a few of the um, language words based on some of the birds, you know, that we have on Wiradjuri country and what those animal, you know, what those words are. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to move this to its own platform just so sort of separate um, that. And it's, um, once again, it's kind of like, oh, I just need to push myself, so I'll do it for me. Um, but it's interesting, so using Instagram, but also uh, Twitter as well. Um, and it's led to all these other sort of crazy opportunities. Like um, I got to work with a, friend, uh, a now friend of mine, but just a, you know, a Twitter friend originally uh, who works at the Australian Museum. He works in museums and he, he wrote some texts based on the work of an artist, uh, Brooke Andrews, for the Monash University. Uh, so he wrote a response to an artwork of his, and they, then they, I got, they got in contact with me to translate that into Wiradjuri, which became, it still is the biggest piece of writing I've done in Wiradjuri. And then they asked me to record it, so then it was the biggest piece of speaking I've ever done in Wiradjuri, just on the base of these little sort of connections you start to make through social media with someone who ends up being Wiradjuri 
and then you sort of get these little connections. Um, also, last year, you know, produced some flashcards, and that's sort of the second time I've ever done a resource. Uh, I did a resource when I first started teaching, which was like a strategy card game, and I, I crowdfunded using social media to get, to get that up and running, um, just on the basis of I want our resources to be high quality and I want our resources to be a thing of value. When I first started teaching Camilleroy and when I first started teaching Wiradjuri, a lot of the resources were just things that I printed on the computer and cut out. And they don't they don't have that prestige level of like something you'd buy at a bookstore or a language resource. So it's, you know, when I, I remember when I first brought the first set of cards in that I made, the students were like, wow, you must be famous because I, I managed to get some cards professionally published. So they were impressed and they could see that, okay, this stuff that we're being taught or this stuff that's my language, my culture actually has value and, you know, people respect it. And there's just that, that kickback from that. And that's all sort of just being social media. And, I, I, you know, I love that today you can get in contact with people in all different places and make those connections and, and get these things happening. Um, you know, crowdfunding for that original card game was just from people who wanted to support language revival. They want to support Aboriginal languages. So they're happy to chuck some money in and go towards the goal. So it's been so many different little things that have just happened through the use of social media and, and through language because you can tap into those people who, who have those interests. So I've mostly only ever experienced the good of social media. No one's, no one's ever come for me. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed. I think um, Beck and I would, would agree, though, that the, the general kind of vibe and the, the community who are into languages and that kind of thing on social media has just been so welcoming and such a warm place to spend time in. So hopefully that continues for us, for us all. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I just wanted to to comment as well before on what you were saying about your you bringing the cards into class and your kids thinking that like you must be famous or something because you created a resource. I love the idea that just by having something like flashcards printed, um, it kind of feels like you've given some some more legitimacy perhaps to the the place of the language within the community and within the, the educational landscape as well. Uh, yeah, I've, I can't agree more with that. That experience sort of really solidified that for me. I always thought it needs to look valuable to hold value. Even though this is cultural knowledge, it's thousands of years old, I value it. But the fact that I can share it in something that holds I guess commercial value has has that prestige associated with it that a, you know a student can go okay this is this is legitimate this is a real thing and this is something that people care about so. and I guess it's ultimately also about sharing sharing wider than even your community like I mean for us to have found out about what you do and about your language on the internet, like through social media, I ha like I have to admit, I did not know about Wiradjuri before I think I started following your Instagram account. And so for me, even just seeing that really like that was an unexpected find. I can't, I can't even remember how or how I found your account <laughs> on Instagram, but however it was that I came across your account online, 
um, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, interesting. Like, what's that? And I wanted to find out some more. And so I started going through your posts and I started looking at the words. And then, um, you know, for anybody out there, we'll make sure that all the links to um, to the right places are in the show notes for you. But um, if you do go through Yaran's um, Instagram account, you'll see that there's not just vocabulary, but also audio on those posts too. So if you want to listen to what those words sound like, you can tap on them and, and hear those words as well. But that for me was my first introduction to Wiradjuri, going through some of your posts on Instagram. So I think it's really Really cool that you're able to share with kind of the wider the wider world you know not even just your your kids that you're teaching in class but actually the much larger community online and I think sometimes I forget that like someone will be like oh where's where Adrian Wednesday I haven't seen it for a while or and I'm like oh actually people are wanting to see that you, you know that's it's a nice little acknowledgement that I keep on keep on doing it and and you get that you get you work with language and you feel like it's not going anywhere and then someone would just be like no you know keep keep on going you'll get that nudge and it'll work because you know languages in schools is a hard hard place sometimes um especially you know my aspiration for languages in school is that i want to move beyond teaching year seven I want to teach the seniors. I want to teach Aboriginal language. We have an Aboriginal languages course that we can offer to year 11 and 12. That's where I'm going to get my language teachers from in the future. Um, but if I've only got a small cohort, I've all got to advocate for let's teach a small cohort. And, you know, if you're across New South Wales, there's seven students across three schools doing Aboriginal languages at that 11 and 12. So I need that same support. Um, for my students, because if I'm going to replace myself, I need to be able to teach these kids that have that that push and want to do it. So um, you get those, and you go, "Ah, oh, just want to teach language," and you think, "Am I doing it? Am, is it? am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing?" And then someone will say, "You haven't done word runs there for a while." I'm like, "Ah, oh, cool." Someone wants to see that. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> it's good, isn't it, to get that that. That extra kind of, you know, yep, yeah, I'm on the right track. Just mm. keep doing it. Definitely. Yeah. Now I feel like I should have sent you Are a you message saying? saying, where's Wiradjuri Wednesday? Because I've definitely thought that before. <laughs> 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 I should have been like, hey. <laughs> it sounds a bit pushy though, doesn't it? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> slack it off. That's <laughs> all right. I got dropped in on another podcast where someone said, he used to do Wiradjuri Wednesday. Oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> I still do it. I had to post one that day. Um, just with what you were saying before about kids doing, so is that HSC level Aboriginal language studies that you were talking about? Yeah, Aboriginal that, languages, yeah. 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 So potentially there's the equivalent in other states for VCE or for other state high school diplomas. Um do you, I mean, do you think we, we've, Beck and I have talked about this on the podcast before, but in terms of language education, but, and how perhaps we are not so clear as a nation about, you know, what we want to see out of language education or where we want to be as a country um, in terms of targets or things that we want to actually 
achieve for our kids studying languages. Do you think having like a number or goal in mind for kids to get to that senior, senior level of studies is something that we should be putting in place? It's a tough question. It is a tough question (laughs) because even if I had students, if I had students next year study Aboriginal languages, there's no pathway after that. If they want to, if they want to become a high school, or even you know, if they want to work in a school as an Aboriginal languages teacher, there's not a pathway for them at the moment. There's they could go and teach or learn, you know, they could do history and Aboriginal studies or English or something, and then top up Aboriginal languages on top of that. But there's not that direct pathway for the student that says, "I want to be an Aboriginal languages teacher." So there's still, even if we have the students coming out at the end of their senior schooling, there's not the next step. And that's, I don't know how we address that, but it's a problem because they're, the, they're going to become the custodians of the language. Like they'll be making the decisions about the language a few years down the track. So they need to have those opportunities. and. If anything, I know that I need more Aboriginal language teachers and I need, whether that's students straight out of high school, whether that's community members being accredited to do so, we need to to, to fill, fill those gaps. And, and I know it's the same for all languages. When I did my master's in Aboriginal language education, I was supposed to go and observe another languages teacher. That was in Wee War. The nearest one was two hours away. And they were a first year teacher. So I didn't even go and see them because they would, would have put too much pressure on them. So even just languages teachers as, as a community, as a resource, is, diffi- is, yeah. is difficult. So we can set targets all we like, but we need to have realistic pathways that see students or community or whoever wants to teach languages we need to enable that to happen yeah yeah it's a great point yeah such a such a big challenge and and a really different challenge i think to to some other languages too because we often think about the the big kind of studied languages that lots of people have learnt or you know may have had to do a little bit of at school or whatever and we never think about this challenge necessary if they're actually necessarily if they're actually not being teachers to teach like they're not being custodians of that language but in the case of indigenous languages we really do that is a legitimate concern it's something to be worried about that people should be kind of advocating towards to make sure that there are still people to be able to speak and to teach those languages um, as everybody moves forward what about non-indigenous australians and i guess their desire some some desire to learn about the language that is spoken where they live if people are interested you know is there is there what would you recommend people could do if they were interested in learning more about the language in their in their region yeah i think that's the starting point if you want to learn about aboriginal languages start where you are mm. um, and it's different for every community about how much language like it's a decision for 
the Aboriginal community who learns a language, whether that's they only want Aboriginal people to learn it or they only want Aboriginal people to teach it or if they want everyone to learn it. Uh, you have to, I guess, respect those decisions as the custodians of the language. Um, but online's a good place to start in terms of what are some of the words and then how can I build up from that? Um, there are lots of resources now. Um, you know, if you look at first languages, um, they're sort of working across a lot of languages at the moment in terms of um, just that introductory sort of stuff. They're doing a really good job, I feel. Um, IATSIS, of course. Um, you can access the, the interactive maps there and actually find out what country you're on if you don't know. Um, but we are getting better in that space in terms of we're seeing more signages and more acknowledgement of um, traditional owners you know, across across the country. Um, but just, yeah, take the step, be, be inquisitive um, and have a look. And in most cases, you know, ask questions. And if you don't get an answer you like, just respect that. Yep, yep. 100%. Right, yeah, it's a difficult one because, you know, every Aboriginal language is diverse. Aboriginal communities are diverse. There's not one Aboriginal culture. There's not one type of Aboriginal person. So we've got, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have one Aboriginal language, which is something I've come up with, come, come against a few times with perplexed looks that we didn't all speak or, or don't all speak the same language. Oh, really? Still people asking that now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, speaking of language and, you know, people finding out more, um, could we perhaps dip our toe a little bit into a Wiradjuri while we, while we have you here? And could you tell us a little bit about perhaps maybe some of your favourite words or phrases in Wiradjuri? Um so that we can get a little bit of a feel for the language. Yep. When anyone asks you what my favourite word is or favourite phrase is, it's one that that's one word, but it conveys many different aspects to it. You can see all of the the way the word is built almost. So we can we'll start with that one, and then break it down, and I'll sh share a few more with you. Yeah. So my favourite is. Dalgiri Dulnal. Dalgiri Dulnal. Go. Dalgiri Dulnal. Go Giri Dulnal. What does so, it mean? I'll break it down first. Okay. So, so da or dal is anything to do with uh, eating. So that's a, a verb around eating. Dal is about eating. Uh, giri is uh, the future tense. So Dalgiri will eat. And then du is I. So dalgiri du is I will eat. And then nal is you. So dalgiri du nal is I will eat you. I have to phrase this one that we didn't, not cannibalism, <laughs> but just as, a, just as a threat, like you're annoying me, yeah. go away. Yeah. I will crush you. That kind of, yeah, I will eat you. I will kill you. Just that kind of. Yeah, it's Love yeah. It. Just it's a leave. Like it's that. a nice leave me alone. Just yeah. I'll get it do now. I'll get it do now. It's like I'll eat you for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it. Students will ask me what my favorite word is, and that'll be the one. And um, then they're like, one student went to cannibalism, and I was like, 
okay, I'm just going to have to strip back a few colonial narratives about Aboriginal people here and just um, just say no. It's just, yeah. it's like, leave me alone. It sounds like it would be such a great one for students to learn, though, because it's the perfect response to, like, a parent or an annoying sibling. Yeah, or an annoying student in class. <laughs> or an annoying student I, in class. <laughs> I had one student once that was like, sir, how do you say go away in Wiradjuri? Because someone was annoying. I can't remember if it was boy annoying a girl or a girl annoying a boy. Two students were annoying each other. And I didn't teach go away. I taught I love you. And I got them, got them to stand up and say it to each other. Aww. You know, they thought they were saying, go away, go away. And then and at the end, I was like, oh, that was actually I love you. So we're all, fr- we're all friends here. Turned it right good. on its head. They didn't like that much. <laughs> they didn't like that much. <laughs> but no, it was good fun. I've got some other favourites because I got to do some work um, with the Disney Channel. Um, they wanted some um, Aboriginal words for concepts that we don't have in English. And that was a really cool one to investigate because, you know, people always say, oh, what's the German word for such and such? Because German has this reputation that there's fanciful words for these amazing things we can feel or think. Um, and the word they used was diranamgara, uh, um, which I think is one we're all familiar with. So diranamgara is when you're looking for something and you move everything else around. So that, that act of just moving everything when you're looking for something. Um, so that was... One that I think, yeah, that's one that we don't, we don't just, we don't have a word for that in English. So that, yeah, and and I guess the other one, um, which is when you call out for someone, for someone else, because my kids always do this to me. Like my daughter will say, my son wants me. So... <laughs> And we we don't have a word for that in English, do we? No. no so no, yeah. I like so, that. No, yeah. I do like yeah. that. Yeah. But they're they're probably harder to enact. But they're things that happen. Mm. But for some easy takeaway words, um, uh, Dalan Yalgiri. I always sign off my emails. Dalan Yalgiri, which Dalan is just Yalgiri. later we'll speak. Dalan Yalgiri. Oh, that's cool. Dalan. Yeah. Dalan so that's a, that's a nice little sign off one there. And how would we say hello? Yuridu Marang. Yuridu Marang. Yeah, good. Yeah, and so Yuridu uh, is day, Marang is good. And then there's Are You Good, which is Yamandu Marang. Oh, Yamandu Marang. Yeah. And we have the same intonation, like Yamandu Marang. Are you good? Like, yeah. Or is intonation not such a big. Oh, no, wait, yeah, you still have that internet on a question, that upward inflection yeah. on a question. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I like the rhythm of the words. I feel it's quite, it's quite rhythmic in the way that you say them. And also, like, although I'm not sure of the exact spellings of some of those things either, I'd be interested to see. I always like seeing on your Wiradjuri Wednesday posts how the words are written and then hearing how they're said because I don't think I can... You know, sometimes when you guess, to, you, tr- you try to guess what how you think a word will sound based on how it looks. And then, like, especially in this case, I'm always wrong. 
<laughs> I feel like I try I try to read it and then I'm just like, no, no, I got that all got that all wrong, which is why I then need the audio. But it's really interesting to see and hear how the how the kind of melody of the language is is different to you know what we might expect in English or in, in another language. So yeah, it's really cool to to hear that. It's always nice when students start to make that gap. Like they, they make that jump and they can see a word and they actually can so like we have a blended, you know, blended NG, um, you know, like Nadu, I, so they don't say NG, they automatically start to blend and when they can make that jump, it's like, okay, good, we, we, you know, we're getting somewhere. Oh, thanks heaps, Yaren. I've, I've loved our chat um, this evening. Thank you so much for making time to um, come and chat with us. Mandangu, uh, which is uh, thank you. Uh, we'll speak again soon absolutely such a such a pleasure to have you with us and before we let you go is there somewhere on social that if people want to catch up or say hi or follow follow what you're doing where would people find you yeah, so the, my instagram for my wiradjuri language contact is uh, wiradjuri but it's a tricky one um so it's w-i-r-a-d-y-u R-I, which is the traditional spelling of Wiradjuri. Um, we don't have J. D-Y is our J sound. Um, Wiradjuri is the only word in the Wiradjuri that has a J, which is, yeah. So it's like the there's only 13 letters in the Wiradjuri alphabet and J is like the honorary 14th letter that only appears once in the word that we use the most when we're speaking <laughs> about the language. Who did that? <laughs> um, well-meaning people that make a mistake. <laughs> Nicely said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. We'll make sure that there's a link to your account in in the show notes. So if anybody does want to go there and follow you, then they can. But keep an eye out for Wiradjuri Wednesdays. We're big fans. Um, (laughs) And we'll also make sure that a few of the other things that have been mentioned in this episode are also in the show notes, things like IATSIS, First Nations, um, a few of those other links too, which in case you're interested in finding out a little bit more about either Wiradjuri or alternatively, um, perhaps an Indigenous language in your region. And we will catch you again in another fortnight. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks, Aaron. Good evening.